We would like to say a special thank you to First Lutheran Church in Britain, South Dakota, for sponsoring this week's episode. This, uh, this voice where people are coming to him to be baptized, and he's um, telling them um, uh, that, you know, there is one coming, there is one coming. And then all of a sudden, uh, shockingly and surprisingly to John, um, Jesus shows up and he says, wait a minute. Uh, you're here now. Uh, this is this is the shock of Jesus being baptized. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Happy New Year, Scripture First listeners. The lectionary text for the first Sunday of 2024 centers on the same verses about John the Baptist we discussed a few weeks ago in Advent. You can go back to the episode titled Clothed with Camel's Hair, published on December 4th, to hear our conversation on that text. In our conversation, Kiri and I ask Lars Olson about the verses not included in the previous passage, Jesus' baptism, and how it ties into the creation story in Genesis chapter 1. We cover high-level questions about baptism. What is the promise you receive in your baptism? What's the difference between baptism and the other sacraments? And if baptism is to deliver the promise of the forgiveness of sins, why did Jesus need to be baptized if he was sinless? Just like the language of the waters of the deep in Genesis, baptism is a drowning. The waters cover you and pull you into the deep. You're pulled out and into new life, out of death and into life in Christ. For you. Here's Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Lars Olsen with us. This week, thanks for being here, Lars. And it's just Kiri and I. I know. So it's, it's just a you know, just a little intimate, uh, intimate little gathering. Two on one Thousands of friends listening <laughs> yeah, in. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Well, thousands. Right. Yeah. You know, that's right. Millions. That's right. I don't know, Kiri. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> They're pretty popular. Public, the public domain. That's I mean, right. You just never know. Well, it is kind of fun because we've had we've been busy with recordings with Max and Justin. And then next week we'll start to hear from Cole. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of taking a little bit of a 
Ah, you breather. know, yeah, breather between. back to are back you, to the OGs. Are you trying to make this look good for me? Like I, I'm, I'm so hard to deal with. You had to not have the others here. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, okay. sorry right. about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so kind to me. You first, first episode of the new year. We wanted to start off with a bang. Really good. Hey, thank you, Mason. Yeah, yeah. that's exact. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. False praise, you guys, will get you uh, <laughs> stars in my eyes. Right. Okay. So, on that note, let's jump into Mark. So, the gospel reading for this week is Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11, which you will remember, we just talked about this in Advent. Um, 4 through 8. F- verses. Four through eight. So uh, one through one through eight. Yeah. yeah, verses one through eight. So the story of John the Baptist baptizing, wearing camel's hair, a leather belt, eating locusts and wild honey. We <laughs> we just discussed this, and if you if you uh, just to forewarn you, that's not what we're going to be discussing in depth today. And no. if you would like Luther House's take on this. Go back a few episodes and listen <laughs> to, to that one. Because after all, who hasn't had enough of John the Baptist, That's right? right. Yeah. Hey, That's you know right. what? I love him and I think his death was horrible. Well, I'm just going to well, say. You're going to get to that a little bit later in the lectionary year. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to address so. that now. <laughs> right. Golly. Who knows? Maybe he didn't die. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> but um, we are going to be discussing the verses that we didn't discuss in that episode in Advent. Uh, so Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, specifically the verses around Jesus' baptism. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the Genesis chapter 1 creation mm-hmm. story with Lars here. So just... Some putting a nice bow on that to yeah. so set the expectations of what this conversation is. Yeah, both of these are assigned uh, for the baptism of our Lord this uh, Sunday, the um, January seventh, um, and they do relate quite well to uh, to one another um, as creation being. Uh, what's happening in baptism, God creating uh, a new reality, a new life for us. So we'll get into that, I suppose, uh, in a couple minutes. So in verse nine. Mm-hmm. It starts off, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John, John in the Jordan. So this isn't this isn't the same as any other baptismal, baptismal story. This is specific to Jesus's baptism. Right. That's why it's the baptism of our, of our Lord's Sunday, right? And so John is out there, as uh, the earlier verses we'll talk about, uh, proclaiming a, a baptism, uh, standing there on the Jordan, on the banks of the Jordan, coming out of who knows where, out of the wilderness it talks about. Uh, and so he's this, this, uh, this voice where people are coming to him to be baptized, and he's um, telling them um, uh, that, you know, there is one coming, there is one coming. And then all of a sudden, uh, shockingly and surprisingly to John, um, Jesus shows up and he says, wait a minute. Uh, you're here now. Uh, this is this is the shock of Jesus being baptized, right? And isn't that the the truth that uh, the gospel just says what it means? And it um, yeah. Jesus is coming, or there's there the one is coming, the one is coming. John the Baptist pointing the long bony finger. And what do we hear in verse nine? In those days, Jesus came. Right. <laughs> so now, really, uh, misreading that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's always a surprise when when Jesus uh, actually shows up. Right. It's one mm-hmm. thing to have God say, um, "It's going to happen. It's going to happen," and it's uh, a whole other thing when um, it's not just "It's going to," but here it is. Yeah. Which is uh, a, a big part of what we mean by preaching. Right. Uh, we're not telling the the old old story. Um, we're not saying what God has done in the past. We're not saying you know something like. Um, 
um, wait a little longer. Uh, a sermon is ending your waiting and saying, here is Jesus Christ, your Savior. Yeah. So one thing, when it says that John was the one who baptized Jesus, I just want to talk a little bit, and if you're going to get there in a little bit, just you know, stop me. But with John being the one doing the baptizing of Jesus, does he still have Jesus's like Jesus's word and like I, I don't. I want you to kind of clarify that because he's the one baptizing Jesus, but does he still have Jesus's promise as he's baptizing Jesus? Right. No, I get, I get and what did you're the saying. baptisms look different in that day? Because, and maybe this is a question we don't know the answer to, but in that day before Jesus had died on the cross, what do we know what the words were for baptize for a baptism? Um, well, we don't know the words. All we have is what uh, what we have John doing here, right? Okay. Uh, and he's he's proclaiming, and he's he, he's you know, you brood of vipers. Uh, he's <laughs> he's talking about uh, you need Such to be baptized. Uh, this the there is one coming after me. This this is what he's um, what's he, what he's doing. And and then he goes on to you know to say things like I I'm not supposed to baptize you. You're the one who's supposed to baptize me. Uh, and uh, again, this is what what happens with baptism, right? Um, uh, God gives us a word and we say, no, 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 no. That's not quite how it's supposed to go. That's not what I had in mind, right? Um, so does John have God's promise? Yes, he's giving it to the world. The promise is he's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, now he is stunned to say he's got to stop preaching that and to say he is here. Mm-hmm. Here is Jesus. And Jesus now is going to take that message and go give that himself rather than leave it to John. Right. That's what the baptism is actually doing. Right, so that Jesus now is the one who has the promise of God upon him. You are my beloved child. With you, I am well pleased. That's literally all he has as he goes into the world and starts uh, finding sinners, taking their sin, forgiving their sin, uh, and um, combating those who have other words that 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 uh, they would like to have more important than God's. So that's. Uh, so he's going into the world with simply that promise, which is the promise that we all are given, that Jesus tells us to go and give in baptism, right? To say, you are a child of God. That's not a generality. Um, sometimes you'll hear this, people talking about kind of, we're all children of God. Well, that's that's true in the sense that we're all created, uh, right? That God creates all things. But to be a child of God is to have his promise given to you so that you have it to trust. Not just in general, we're all children of God. No, that's why Jesus is insistent. You go out and baptize in order to make them children of God by giving them this promise so that they can live in this in a sinful world, trusting God's word. So, uh, I mean... I'm just going to uh, zoom us up to 10,000 feet to to talk a little bit about about 5,000 wasn't, wasn't good enough. No. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, before digging into the specific wording of, of verse 10 and 11. So just before this, John is saying, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And in this, Jesus is getting baptized with water. The Holy Spirit's coming down from from heaven so this is the 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 transition point but and if if baptism is to receive 
that specific promise from God for us, why did Jesus have to be baptized? Right. Because Jesus is entering into the world, in not just on the surface, but into the sin of the world. So he comes under the sin, under the law in order to die to the old world, right? To bring it all to an end, to wrap it up and all, all in a bow so that he has nothing. I mean, this is the Christian life. Uh, and we don't mean, just mean that like for you and me, we mean that's what Christ is doing. He is living his world, his, his uh, ministry. He's living his life in that promise. So, so does that mean that since Jesus was sinless, by being, if baptism is to hear that promise that uh, that you have the you are God's favored one and Christ has taken away your your sin as a, a sinner, so if Jesus was baptized sinless, does that mean he's now? Was, was that the key for him to start I like taking that you're on bringing sin? This, this is exactly up. right. Yeah. So, um, so th- this is the hard part for people to hear, right? Jesus, the sinless one. Jesus, the mm-hmm. sinless one. Because what does that do but keep him kind of on the surface of the world? Yes. It makes him a um, something that we can follow, him. right? We could follow him up into heaven. But what Jesus is actually doing is coming into the sin of the world, taking the sin of the world to himself, so that uh, the New Testament will talk about Jesus becoming a curse, not sinless. He becomes sin itself so that uh, as he is being forsaken, killed, uh, as he's taking the sin of the world so that nobody else can have it. They keep trying to grab after it, of course. Uh, but as the, the sin starts to attack him, what does he have f- going for him? Mm. He was he baptized. He has this promise. Baptism, yeah. That's what the Christian life is, right? So you go about your life, uh, you know, your uh, your spouse is angry with you, your kids are yelling at you, your bo- everybody in the world hates you, but what do you have? <laughs> Christ's promise in you your You have ear. this promise. You are a child of God. You have and, been baptized. And that's what he has. And that's what he has, exactly. And stay, uh, staying in that big picture, what's the point of baptism as a whole? Why why do we need this, this sacrament, this thing with uh, the physical water, in order to hear this, why can't we just hear a sermon and, and call it good that we hear the promise? I mean, it's doing the same thing, right? It is. It's doing like the, you're, it's you're doing delivering the, same the promise thing. In, in different vehicles, but what's the point of the, being baptized? It's not the, like it's a requirement in the law, right? It's not a requirement in the law. You must be baptized. But it is a requirement in, in for the gospel. It is what we are told to do. We are ordered to do this by Christ, to go and baptize for exactly that reason, so that we stop saying... Um, silence your question, actually, Mason. Why are we doing this? Well, because Jesus told us to, and he promised he would be there in his word in the water, right? So um, the reason that it's uh, not a sermon is uh, that it's directly for you. So if you watch a baptism, we take pains to make sure we say your name so that everybody there knows this promise was given to this one. We write your name on a certificate. Um, We make sure that that promise is given to you so that you can't, as you grow up, start to say things like, um, well, how do I know it's for me? How do I know what God thinks of me? Um, You can ask the question, but the church is there. Your godparents, your parents, your uh, Christian friends are there to tell you. um, You can be sure of it because you were baptized. It happened. Yeah, it happened in time, in a place, not just as a general thing, but it came directly to you. Uh, even something like the Lord's Supper isn't quite as direct as this, right? Uh, the other sacrament where where uh, you're getting the same promise, uh, you, my betrayer, are forgiven. Um, uh, but it's for you, but it's not always um, to your name, right? 
to you specifically this day and alone. Yeah. Um, it is that way, but it's not, but baptism is even more uh, this one time event where you receive God's promise and now you live your entire life in it. Um, we like to talk about this with, with parents who are having their children baptized, that really um, what, they're, what they're getting is uh, the final judgment of God given to them ahead of time. That's what the promise is. So that at the end of their life, uh, they can look back and say, I lived my entire life as a child of God. Not uh, now that I'm at the end of my life, I wonder, did I do enough to earn God's favor? No, here in baptism, you are being given God's favor. He is pleased. Yeah, you. that's, that's. I mean, it's all you need. Exactly. There's no longer any any wondering. Right. So that, that's, I think, really important context as I think some of the high level questions that people might just come into this. Why was Jesus baptized? Why do we need to get baptized? What is the difference between baptism and, and all the other sacraments? And wh- right. what do you mean, given the promise, all this stuff? So it's really good to, to hear you uh, give that kind of context ahead of diving into the specifics of Jesus' baptism. So, verse 10. Hold on, before I do that, Mason, I just appreciate that you have really... You've really started asking some of those great questions. So I'm like about Just like... started, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Only four came. years into this thing. <laughs> Five. He's that really coming out. into his own these days, everybody. <laughs> that came out wrong. No, but I, I, I appreciate that you've started asking some of those higher up questions because I don't think to ask those, but then you ask and I'm like, that's really good. And with baptism, as we've discussed in the past... It can go so many different ways. People have all different perspectives on it. So I'm really glad we're nipping this in the bud right now because it's just, I think it's it's so important. And as you and I both know, we both have kids who've been baptized this year. Mm-hmm. So I think it resonates just a, li- a little bit more deeply with both of us. Yeah. Right. No, and and you then are, the, are, are there to remind them and to remember that they are uh, baptized all the time. So... Um, uh, as they as they start to grow up, and mm-hmm. they start to say, "You can't say that to me." You say, "I, no, it's, it wasn't me. It was <laughs> I didn't God made that. this no, promise, right?" Exactly. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. <laughs> okay, so now now yes, we can move yes. on. Verse ten, and yes. just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. So, so. He's coming out out of the water. Can you can you speak to the the water component of of this large? Sure, sure. Uh, so I mean, water of course receives the the baptismal waters and the baptismal font. But if you look back into you know the book of Genesis, you'll see just how scary water actually is. Um, not even Noah's flood, right, where God opened up the heavens and the waters poured down and destroys. Um, but also at the very beginning in Genesis chapter one, the uh, where where God's God came and hovered or uh, mm-hmm. um, brooded or something like this over the over the face of the waters, and so that water um, in the in the Old Testament is kind of the is the the symbol for for the. Uh, chaos that exists of nothingness, right? Yeah, it's so difficult to speak of nothingness, as as you kind of notice that um, if you even talk about nothing, it means that there is that it's a something. Then, right? <laughs> um, and so, the beginning of the book of Genesis is talking about how uh, it was formless and void and darkness, and the waters were there. But the waters are always threatening life. Uh, 
uh, threatening Absolutely. destruction. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the storms come up across the seas and boats sink uh, and it seems to be chaotic and dangerous. Um, and so what the beginning of Genesis is trying to talk about is just the, um, the it's trying to describe nothingness, but they don't have quite these words for nothingness, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so that the, that the, um, the water then, Jesus coming up out of the water is, is, the, is taking that and saying baptism is a drowning, right? It is, a, it is where the waters are covering you, where the waters are, uh, um, are, are grabbing hold of you and pulling you down into the deep. Well, it's interesting you say that because depending on where you get baptized, some of them do dunking baptisms. Absolutely, yeah. Too. This is what John so is doing, right? Drowning it's be in the river, the so we're down yeah. in down in there, right? Um, but of course, w- we recognize that there's not a a, f- a formula for this, right? Like, well, you need three cups of water, or three <laughs> gallons, or three uh, truckloads, right? Uh, there's not a formula for how much water, but but it does um, um, it, it does you do have to recognize that what what the water is doing is one marking you, but also. Um, uh, you're being pulled out of the water and into new life, right? Out of death to life in Christ. And out of, uh, I mean, back to Genesis, out of the formless void, that face of the deep, <laughs> God, God said, let there be light. Right. Out, I mean, of the, out of the nothing, God speaks to make something new. Yeah. Uh, that's what's happening in the baptism, right? Mm-hmm. Coming up out of the water, pulling you out of death and saying, here is your new life. That life is in my word, in my promise. Well, it's interesting that you word it like that, because even in verse 10, just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. Right. So it's very similar to how you're describing it for just regular everyday people. This was happening to Jesus as well. Right. So, I mean, if you think of creation, there's uh, there's the sense where... Um, the Genesis one as a whole kind of creates uh, creation as a bubble within the chaos, right? Um, and that there's the, the the waters of the sea are are what that are seeping into the creation, and the and the rains are God letting in just enough to do this, but too much is means means destruction. Um, and but God's word is creating a uh, a place of life in the midst of the chaos and destruction. So when when the heavens are torn apart, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now, this is Jesus coming into the world that has separated itself from God by sin. And this is uh, literally God saying, just what John the Baptist was saying, one is coming, no, I am here. It's the, the, the separation between heaven and earth is torn apart. There's now no barrier, no boundary. Um, so, of course, it's going to freak people out. Baptism is going to freak <laughs> you out because it means yep. God is with you here uh, uh, and that he's choosing you. And that he's choosing you. He's that close, right? There's no separation, no distance any longer, no place for sin to, to keep hold of you. Um, so the separation in Jesus' baptism is being shredded, ripped apart so that there is now no distance between you and God. And that like puts to puts to bed the notion that heaven is some some future text or some future uh, place that you, you're waiting to go to after you die. I mean, the heavens were torn apart right. in your life when you're baptized. It's there's no separation, like you just said. The no, definition so no, of heaven no is there's no separation in def- space, but also as we talked about earlier, if baptism is the final judgment ahead of time, there is now no time left for you either. 
Wow. There's no separation in time. You're not waiting till the end of time for God to come to you. He's here now in baptism. This is the power of what's happening with, with Jesus. This is why it's always covered up um, by people, right? Because they can't stand that God would be this close, this merciful, and, and this uh, serious about a promise. Yeah. It freaks people out. Well, also because it's unfair, too. And it's something that's out of, well, that is out of your control, um, and should be out of your control. Um, and that's why we grapple so hard to try to find some way somehow to put it back in our control. Yes. Find some way to manage this, yes. right? Uh, to, to, to tell God our limits. Yeah. Uh, well, the whole point of baptism is that there, uh, God has no limit to you. He can come to you anywhere. Okay. Right, um, but also this uh, the, the, when the heavens are torn apart, it's really interesting that 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 word um, torn apart is also used at the end of of Mark and Mark fifteen when the temple is torn, uh, the curtain in the temple is torn in two. Also in the temple where there was a special place where uh, God had to reside. Right, uh, He's over there. We get the rest of the world. He gets this little box in the middle mm-hmm. of the temple. Uh, now that now the temple curtain is saying um, at Jesus' death, literally when he breathes his last. Um, now there is uh, no stopping God. Okay. Right? Um, c- because now, just like in baptism, Jesus' death is bringing in a new creation, the end of the old, the beginning of the new. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about in the spirit descending like a dove on him? So uh, this brings in the icon- iconography of this of the Holy Spirit being a dove. Sure. Um, yeah. I think they even have like pyramids in the church that yeah, have sure. a dove yeah. with the face down. Sure. Right. Yep. And the and the dove like uh, yeah. pointing as it's coming down yes. upon us. Yeah. Um yeah, the the uh um the spirit of course is brought in here because of uh when Jesus arrives, it's not just Jesus uh and the other and and the father and the spirit are kind of like trailing around. Uh Jesus is now with the spirit. The spirit um is really interesting that this word um, spirit, pneuma, in Greek means um, spirit, but it also means um, uh, breath or wind. Uh, just like the Hebrew word for for it, for breath or wind is ruach. So now, um, the, so what the spirit is doing is coming upon Jesus to always be speaking the word into his ear, giving him that promise. Just like we say in baptism, you receive the spirit, that spirit is what's always keeping you in the promise, reminding you, mm-hmm. giving, opening your ears to hear that you uh, have been baptized. So um, it's also what happens in Genesis chapter one, that the spirit of God is there uh, with his, uh, uh, as he speaks, as he breathes, uh, as he breathes life into mm-hmm. the world. Um, so that, that's the, uh, the, the point that the spirit is now descending upon Jesus um, so that where he goes, also, he'll have the promise, but be able to speak that promise to the world. Hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> we're not mincing words about any of this because we, verse 11, it tells us what the, the spirit, the, this voice came from heaven um, to tell Jesus, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. I feel like you, you read that and it's just kind of a sigh of relief. It's a breath of fresh air just because it's like, and I know he's saying it, he's saying it to Jesus, right? 
He's not saying it's, it's not to in John Mark. It's very unclear uh, who it's being said to. Oh, okay. Right. But I mean, it well, is say so you said I, to Jesus, but it's unclear who hears this. Right. Okay. Because when I hear it, I feel like he's talking to me. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I am a sinner. I mess up daily all the time. And kind of what we were talking about, like all the weight of job, family, all the stuff on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then you hear this. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. And it just like. Right. So, I mean, back to something like um, Genesis chapter one that we keep mm-hmm. uh, referring back to as the Old Testament reading. Um, God looks at creation and what does he say about it? This is it's good. Good. Uh, God looks at you um, living in the promise of Christ with the Holy Spirit given to you, trusting that word. And what does he say? There's where I am pleased. You are good. Not because of what you've done, not because of what you failed to do, um, but because you have this promise, right? Mm. Because you are mine. Uh, it's so strange to think of kind of this as, a, as the promise, right? Like, um, I choose you. Well, that is God doing something and making a promise that he won't um, give, uh, that you w- won't give you up. Um, he's not saying, I choose you if, but I chose you. Our minds always go to, um, is that real? How can I trust it? And the point is he keeps giving this back to you saying, uh, you are good in Christ. You are good. You are, uh, I am pleased with you. I'm pleased to dwell with you. I'm pleased that you are my own, that you know this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, so that's the, that's the reading, but and I know this was a shorter, like what we actually focused on today was a little bit of a shorter section um, than what the full reading is. But what you just said right there, is that the part that a preacher would want to focus on in the pulpit? Well, I think in the in that a sermon, end? you're going to have to deal with why was Jesus baptized? Okay. Uh, a little bit, uh, at least, right? Because people have always that question. Yeah. And, and you might even have to take up the, the persistent question, um, you know, what was the difference between John's baptism and Jesus' baptism or Christian baptism? See, I, I, I like that. That's true. Yes. And, and you know, I, the, the easy answer, the quick answer is simply that, that um, John's baptism was saying he's coming. And Jesus' baptism is saying, I choose you, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not... Uh, um, you uh, you still are waiting to see who this is. Now you know who you are, whose promise you have upon you. So that baptism isn't saying now again. Uh, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. You're gonna have to wait for it. But saying here he is for you right now. Right. Yeah. So John, that's the John was saying the same things, the same promise, but he but his is in kind of the future tense. It will be coming to you. Jesus is saying, no, I am here for you now. Yeah. Um, and but of course, taking up Jesus' baptism um, uh, and how that's good news for us finally doesn't become good news for you until Jesus actually um, gives His baptism to you, right? Uh, that in this baptism He is taking away your sin by a promise that says um, your sin is forgiven. You are now a child of God. Believe this word. Uh, hold on to it. Keep it in your ear. Um, and as Luther talks about in the Catechism, um, never progress beyond it. Daily dying to sin and rising in Christ. And on that note, 
We've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Lars Olson for teaching us all about baptism and how it ties into the creation story in Genesis. By covering the high-level questions about baptism, including what is the promise you receive in your baptism, what's the difference between baptism and the other sacraments, and why Jesus had to be baptized even if he was sinless, we get to understand how baptism is delivering the promise of forgiveness to you unmistakably. Just like the language of the waters in the deep in Genesis, baptism is a drowning. The waters cover you and pull you into the deep. You're pulled out and into new life, out of death and into life in Christ for you. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, the promise of baptism is for you. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.